Welcome to the Pursuit of Authenticity podcast. In episode 21, I speak with Amber Kilpatrick, health and wellness, social justice, and environmental advocate, as well as a trauma-informed leader. We dive into her journey of how she got into yoga and mindfulness, how growing up in the country led to her becoming deeply connected with the earth, and how these paths led to the work that she offers today. We are live. Welcome to the podcast, Amber. Hi, thank you for having me. You're welcome. So glad we were able to finally make this work. We were just talking about how you are a busy, busy woman, always doing so much work, so much good work for the community. So I'm glad that we were able to find some time to dive deeper into your story. Yeah, well, again, I, I want to thank you for your patience with me and and nudging me along in this process and also for telling me that I have nothing to be nervous about because you know that I'm nervous about this talk today. <laughs> yeah, it's so thank it you. Be, friend. Absolutely. It can be vulnerable, but it's also so healing to be able to express our story and share our truth of why we're doing the work that we do. Absolutely. Yeah, I'm ready for it. Thanks. (laughs) So let's dive into how you and I met. So I'll kind of kick it off with, um, I was actually looking for some uh, exploration into the world of yoga. And I had done some classes before, but I was really looking for like a slower paced, um, kind of more restorative approach to yoga. I was coming from an injury. Um, and so that was, that was speaking to me, it felt very healing. And so I was, um, yeah, mindful school of yoga, which is what you have founded the school, uh, was very attractive to me. So tell me a little bit more. Actually, I first want to start with what got you into the world of yoga before we talk Mm. about what led to mindful school of yoga. Yeah, sure. Well, my my love affair with yoga has it's decades long (laughs) and it's really it's really morphed and shifted as I have morphed and shifted in life so I I did turn to yoga um in my early days of of college and um was was looking for a way of exercise that wasn't necessarily just treadmill based or, you know, typical workout based. So I did come to it, you know, for the physical um, body uh, changes and awareness that that one can have with the practice. Um, And admittedly, it, it, it didn't change me enough. And so I was like, ah, I'm, I'm not doing this yoga thing. Uh, And so I, you know, sort of back and forth, trying it on, putting it back, trying it on, putting it back. Um, And it was truly um, once I became pregnant with my first son, so that puts us nearly 13 years ago now, um, that I really began to deepen into this knowing and this awareness that, oh, wow, this isn't just a workout. This is not just this physical need. It is absolutely a body mind and spiritual connection Mm. you know I have to thank my my growing son at that time for the opportunity to like really feel into the depth of what yoga can be and then from there it has really just exploded for me 
um, mm. into so much more beyond what is done on the mat. Um, yeah. And then that's really uh, how Mindful School of Yoga was born, too, because yeah, I want my teachers who go through the program to know how to teach yoga on the mat and how to lead classes that feel successful and accessible. But I want them living in a way that is so much more than just about, uh, you know, a physical practice. So, yeah. so that's a long answer. <laughs> no, that was, that was perfect. So was there... Um, was it in your yoga teacher training itself that you really found that like knowing and like understanding the yoga philosophies and all of that, where you had that profound shift or was it when you got pregnant with your son, just during like going to classes and doing the like asana, the physical practice yourself? Yeah. You know, I had a couple of mentors at that time of my, my prenatal yoga who were really, um, really embedded in the, 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 the spirituality and the lineage of where yoga comes from. And so I was able, you know, informally, it was more of an informal um, just connection to those two women who were, were um, deep into the practice in that way. Mm-hmm. Um, admittedly, the yoga teacher trainings that I took while they do um, include some around the lineage, the, the, the history, the spirituality, they too were far more physically based. So um, um, yeah, the, 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 the depth of it is very personal um, and has been for, for my life and for my teaching for sure. Yeah. I love how you put that because I, I remember a a teacher I had in college that taught yoga and it was just like I always felt so connected to her so it's very much a way of being and I remember coming into mindful school of yoga and feeling similar connections with Mm -hmm. you and then Carrie as well another teacher and it's just like it's yeah it's it is very much deeper than just the physical practice so Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. very cool so Mindful School of Yoga, when when did you, um, when was that founded? Uh, we were founded in 2015. So, I mean, as time is flying, I think, what is this now? Is that six years? Almost yeah. six years old. Yeah. yeah wow. <laughs> um, Which seems crazy. It doesn't it, even seem possible. It is. Uh, like I said, I was attracted to it due to the more healing and like intuitive approach that you all offer very like invitational uh, language, as well as just kind of like, remove the idea of what yoga should be what you've been taught unlearn all of that. And like, what does yoga mean to you? Um, You said it, that's exactly right. (laughs) (laughs) Um, What so what led to the more like trauma informed approach, which is mm-hmm. what, if you want to speak on that? Yeah, yeah. Well, and thank you for mentioning that, you know, you felt welcomed and you felt like this was a place where you were going to sort of pull back the layers of what yoga is sold or branded as and, you know, returning to that more personal and, um, uh, you know, spiritual or deeply relevant place because, mm-hmm. That's what we're hoping for. That's what I'm hoping for. And, yes. and what we're doing in our training is 
you know, noticing that, yeah, yoga in the United States is a multi-million dollar industry where you can come in and, well, you know, yeah, <laughs> be told what you have to wear and what you have to look like and, you know, be a certain color and a certain body type and all of that. And, and yeah. that is not at all what we want. And so the, the trauma-informed um, piece of it is also mindfulness-based. And so it's really understanding that um, when you work with a group of people at any time, whether it's a yoga class, uh, you know, just a group setting, you're very likely around individuals who have lived through some sort of trauma. Mm -hmm. And how can we then make what we're offering as teachers or friends or just people in the world, how can we make what we're offering better informed so that we're not um, causing unnecessary pain for individuals who have already gone through enough of that, right? Um, so for me, I was on my own trauma healing journey and, um, you know, with the help of, of mental health professionals and spiritual directors, um, and came across the work of Bessel van der Kolk and um, David Emerson and was like, oh, my gosh, tell me more. Tell me more about Body Keeps the Score. Tell me more about trauma-informed yoga. Yeah. Um, and I was able to go um, out to Boston and do some training with them and brought it back to my community so that I could infuse it into what Mindful School of Yoga was doing. Wow, I did not know that. You actually did direct training under Bessel? Under David, um, okay. David Emerson, who is at that time was sort of a a, a branch of of Bessel's work. Yeah, okay. but they wow. they they started the um, trauma center together in okay. Boston. Wow, very cool. Yeah, yeah. That that book is um, deep, I guess. Brings up a lot when you're going through it, but very very knowledgeable and. Um, you know, different perspectives on how trauma shows up in the body and how movement is so helpful for working through that because it lives in our tissues and yeah. all of that. Yeah, exactly right. So you maybe touch a little bit on how Mindful School of Yoga has evolved over the years. Because I remember mm -hmm. when I was in teacher training back in 2019, um, I was actually hearing from some of the grads from you know, previous cohorts about like, oh, they're doing it a little bit differently now. Like the book, the curriculum has changed. And then even uh, grads or yeah, recent grads from more recent cohorts are talking about how the curriculum has changed too. So let's touch a little on that. Yeah. Well, I think we're ever evolving as individuals, right? I, I, at least I would hope, right? Yes. And so as, <laughs> as I continue to grow and learn and become better informed, I want my students to be growing and learning and better informed too. So um, really it's, it's mostly that it's what Carrie and I Carrie, my co-facilitator. It's what we are, you know, stepping into as women in our own growth and in our own teaching and how we can better bring that to our students and our graduates. Um, and so even, I think, Courtney, when you were in training, we were mindful vinyasa school of yoga. So we were still yes. very much about that vinyasa, um, maybe even a bit more powerful than mm -hmm. um, than we than we are now. Um, mm -hmm. 
So we've dropped the vinyasa name because, um, you know, we don't want to put a label that seems like, oh, you're only going to get that here. So instead, I, you know, mindful school of yoga really makes the most sense for me and for us yeah. right now. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, curriculum changes. Uh, gosh, the, the world of yoga, I mean, especially in the year of 2020, mm -hmm. really so many um, systemic uh, in um Oh gosh, what's the word I'm looking for? Just the 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 systemic racism, right? Systemic, yeah, um, same, like political changes, and just 2020 in and of itself was a lot to go through, and yeah. how that affected the world of yoga and like yeah, 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 the health the health community. I think people's eyes were just much more open of like we need to be inclusive. Absolutely. We need to be inclusive. Um, how, you know, how have all we good intentioned yogis been so uninclusive for so long? Like a lot yeah. of in information and injustices were coming to light yeah. um, and still are. Uh, and so uh, that, too, has become a much more important conversation in our trainings um, to where, you know, how can we be better better serving the history of yoga, its lineage from India, its spiritual and sacred roots, and how can we, in a uh, in an industry that still currently is, uh, the, the, the outward face of it shows a lot of, you know, middle class white women, right? right. Yeah. Um, how can we be better representing uh, all the individuals who uh, love and can benefit from this practice? So, yeah. Yeah, again, so it's just got to be an ever evolving, uh, an ever, an ever evolving plane. Have you heard kind of the, the saying, like, you kind of, you're building the plane as you're on it or as you're flying? Mm, yeah. <laughs> I don't, I don't want it to seem like that haphazard. Our school is not <laughs> that haphazard. But I do want to say, like, this thing is still growing and yes. still being created. Um, yeah. Well, the so, learning never stops. So. The learning never stops. Yeah, it's abs it absolutely makes sense. Um, I'm glad you hit on the fact that uh, you kind of dropped the focus on the physical, like powerful vinyasa piece of it. Because I remember when I was looking at different yoga teacher trainings, there was a reason I was called to Mindful School of Yoga. And it was because even though it did say vinyasa in the title, there was a lot of talk about like the just the slow movement mm -hmm. and like I already mentioned the restorativeness of it and that that like slow movement physically also does profound changes mentally and emotionally in the body and whereas the faster you know power vinyasa that's more like an intense workout that to me is not as well it's definitely it's not as healing because you're like yeah. pushing more, um yeah and so I think that's like a huge thing that makes mindful school of yoga different because mm -hmm. you guys do embody like what yoga is at its roots and at its core rather than um kind of what the western world has made up yoga to be which is like yeah. hey we're just gonna go put on our yoga pants and do this workout and say that we're zen and balanced <laughs> yeah and so, then we're going to leave and go curse out whoever cuts us off in traffic or, <laughs> you know, yes, like, yes. you know, so there's a disconnect. So yes. again, we're just trying to make it 
you know, for, for what I understand, uh, you know, of, of the lineage, yes, physical practice was a very small part of it, but it was really all about how can we walk better on this earth, right? Mm. Together to the earth itself, to the other living beings around us. And in that way, become more deeply connected to something bigger and, and divine, perhaps, yeah. you know, that higher power. Um, and if, if all your, and I don't want to discredit the fact that yes, being good to your body and getting a good workout is absolutely a step to healing and growth and feeling yeah. that connection. But yeah. I also want to point out that it, can't just be that, right? There's, yes. there's got to be that um, holistic mind. approach. Yeah, and mindful mind approach. Body. Yeah. <laughs> um, so that kind of led into the mindful classrooms project. It yeah. Yeah. What? Can you tell me a little more about that? Because I yeah. actually don't know too much about that. All right. So, well, so the name Mindful School of Yoga also is, you know, not just because we teach yoga in a mindful way but mindfulness like the, the the daily practice of mindfulness um is also at the foundation of what we are so um and, and again i'm just kind of piecing together this influence that my son had on all of this <laughs> That's cool. um, yeah so you know in utero he's he's my little yoga teacher. And then Aww. outside as, um, as he started going through school, I was seeing like, Oh wow, here's this thing that I know. I know how to teach mindfulness. I know, um, long ago I used to copyright and edit, um, curriculum for, um, uh, an organization in New York that would actually go into areas, um, that had just been impacted by, uh, natural disasters or war. Uh, so like, you know, camps where people had been resettled and um, would need just some way of working through what they had just lived, lived wow. or experienced. So um, anyway, so uh, working with that organization, I was helping to write curriculum for kids that were, you know, in these resettlement areas. Okay. Um, so taking some of that curriculum writing experience or editing experience and my mindfulness practice and my mindfulness training and then seeing like, wow, let's bring this to my Henry's class, my, my son's class. Um, uh, so he was a first grader at that time. Okay. And I, I thought, well, all right, let's just kind of piece all these things together. Let's weave all these things together and make something that could benefit not only his class, but maybe the whole school. And um, so we did a pilot project at Congress Elementary, which is where my son was attending. And from there, it took off into half a dozen more schools um, wow. in Grand Rapids Public and then also in the Godfrey Lee School District. Mm -hmm. And then I would get invited by teachers from other districts just to come into their classroom and do workshops or mini trainings. And so, um, yeah, it was, you know, teaching mindfulness to kids and teachers and staff. Wow. wow. Yeah. What is like an example of what you would like talk about when you were in class with them? Yeah. So for the kids, um, just teaching them that mindfulness, you know, is kind of a big word, but it really only means something very simple, right? It's a big, big word with a simple meaning. Mindfulness is learning how to better pay attention by practicing it, 
by paying attention on purpose. Mm. And so we would learn how to pay attention on purpose to various things. Typically our breath, right? We would do breathing exercises. Um, you might know alternate nostril breathing from the world of yoga, but in a classroom setting with first graders, we call that switchy breath where you're switching uh -huh. the breath on the, you know, in an accent. Anchor breathing or, you know, a hand on your belly to find your anchor spot and breathe into that center. So largely breath and body based because that's what we have with us all the time. Right. Yeah. And so we can can work on those things because we're in those things and we have yeah. <laughs> every minute of the day. Um, and there were also other like visualization practices and um, yes, but but very much um, rooted in breath and imagery mm -hmm. and um, tactile, like feeling where you are now. Okay. Yeah. Something that like will cater to a first grader and not just be like, when are we going to watch a movie? <laughs> yeah. 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 And we did, we did this um, K through, I think the highest grade I taught was eighth or ninth grade. So okay. yeah. And you, we adapt it to each grade level or, you mm. know, each, you know, kind of uh, group of ages that, so it's appropriate and accessible. Yeah. Is yeah. this something you're still doing? Well, we haven't done it, uh, you know, in the last oh, year, COVID, COVID yeah. of course. <laughs> um, and then uh, prior to that, I was only working in the school where my, my boys are currently attending. So, okay. Yeah. Sounds, I love that you like saw a need there and it was like, hey, I can offer all this, like I can be of service. And it was yeah. such a perfect fit that not only the school where your son go, went to was benefited, but then it grew and grew. And it's just, yeah. it's amazing when you like follow that calling of like where you where you feel called and it just grows into something yeah. you never dreamed of. <laughs> well, and I, I mean, to anyone listening, it just also goes to show that like your gifts are needed where you are, right? Mm -hmm. Like here I am in the public school system, you know, in this time of life, like, and here I have these tools. So why not <laughs> implement them right here where I am? Yeah. Um, you know, uh, and, and keep it close to heart yes absolutely yeah so you talked a little bit on influences um for yoga and I know that you have a few other like programs that you offer um besides yeah. just yoga yeah so what were what was your incentive to get into I'll let you kind of whichever program you feel called to talk about first yeah. and like what was was there like a certain person that influenced you to to do that program or was it kind of yeah I'll let you lead the way on that yeah well I guess you know sort of continuing on that earlier conversation or the earlier part of our conversation around you know just like the evolution of a person or the evolution within your own life and you sort of ride these waves or create these new experiences, right? Mm. Whatever I'm learning, I want to then be able to share. So, yeah, yeah. Um uh beyond well not even beyond because it really is all a part of this Integrated. unity and this connection and this way of living better in the world. Um 
allowing me to backtrack a bit more, I grew up on 80 acres. So I have been a girl raised by the forest is what I like to say. So, um, and then once moving to the big metropolis of Grand Rapids, Michigan, you know, I became more, uh, you know, city based and, um, had to go seek out my adventures, uh, you know, in other places instead of the land that I had grown up on. Mm. But that nature-based living and upbringing has always been a part of me. And then in the last, I'd say, three or four years of my life, it's really just started to bubble up with more, Mm. like, ferocity or veracity. I'm not sure the the right word to use. (laughs) With what? Curiosity? Sure, curiosity. Um, And so anyway, I was um, able to um, get my certificate as a master naturalist and um, personally study and become more and more um, connected to earth as medicine, earth as a living thing that provides us with everything we possibly need to survive. And seeing that huge societal cultural disconnect between this finite resource and what we ask of it and what we Mm. do to it and what we expect of it. So that's a long way of getting to that I now lead um, primarily groups of women in reconnecting to the earth themselves and each other. So, um, and I, I do that through um, a few programs. One is a year of earth guidance, which yep. you uh, get to be a part of. Which was um, amazing. <laughs> yeah, good. And we have one more month, so you got, yes. you got a little more. Um, and then um, I also do um, a spirit, it's called Spirit of the Wild Mystery School, which is a bit more... Um, immersive in that we spend three months together and we're doing a lot of work outdoors and doing Mm. some self-discovery and ceremony work and and things like that. Um, And then I also tie in um, a program called Maiden to Mother, which is is for female identifying people who are, um, you know, taking that journey to motherhood, but also tying that journey into archetype and myth and earth-based um awareness and and relationship so okay i think that's all i want to say about that but i'm sure there's so much more i could talk about (laughs) yes yes oh my gosh the the year of earth guidance um just my personal experience of it has been so like you said reconnecting to the seasons around that are you know that we live and just um let's see, embracing the darkness of winter rather than resisting it and being like, you know, being anxious about the season, the upcoming season and, um, you know, being like, what's the word? Like just, yeah, resisting it and not looking forward to it. And But now after going through the program being like, oh, there's a lot of stuff we can learn from sitting with that that darkness that the season can bring the shorter days and just like the cold and there there's a lot of teachings behind it that not only winter but all of the seasons bring um 
nature has so much to teach us that we didn't really get to learn so much in school. So it's been... No, because we were, you know, separated from it. We weren't, mm. we weren't taught that it was a part of us. We were taught that we were owners of it, which is yeah. a self-defeating relationship. So, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, um, I love that all of your work ties back to like yoga is like connecting deeper with your body and your, and yourself. And then the earth guidance is like connecting to the outer world and seeing how you are part of it. And I, I'm not a mother, so I haven't done the made into mother program, but I'm sure women have had, you know, just profound Mm. realizations from doing that program I can only imagine and then the spirit of the wild sounds just like a deeper dive into a year of earth guidance Mm -hmm, so mm -hmm. maybe that'll be on my list soon (laughs) yeah I have one spot left so maybe it's yours (laughs) (laughs) I want to step back a second because I realized your initial question was like asking me about influences (laughs) and I feel like I really want to say some some names here that you and your listeners might want to like mm. dive deeper into getting to know. But um, Joanna Macy is an eco theologian who really speaks to this understanding that, you, you know, we all have to wake up to the fact <laughs> that things aren't going to last forever. And we've, you know, got to do better here um, on this finite resource that we have. And also her work is also about like grieving what we've done because we love the earth so much. So Mm -hmm. there's like grief work involved in this loving work, this theology. Um, So Joanna Macy, she's, you know, again, author, eco theologian, um, public speaker. And Sharon Blackie is an author who I love and who offers, um, Celtic-based wisdom and practices, um, looking at the traditions of the Celtic people, which is within my ancestral lineage. So that was my draw, Um, my intrigue there. Um, The um, Animus Valley Institute is huge and offers amazing programs around a lot of this work we're talking about, self-discovery, nature-based self-discovery. Robin Wall Kimmerer is an author who I think you might know, Courtney, um, because she's come up in our Year of Earth Guidance um, conversations. But Braiding Sweetgrass is a huge book. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is okay. that'll that'll get you feeling connected to the earth, um, or hopefully inspire that. Yeah. And then um, personally, um, I have a spiritual director that I work with at the um, Dominican Center of, at Marywood, and her name is Esther. So Esther, if you're listening, I love you. <laughs> so glad you're in my life. Um, and uh, locally, Mary Jane Dockery, who founded Blanford Nature Center, um, and rest her soul, she passed away last year. Um, a, a huge influence on, I know, hundreds, if not thousands and thousands of people uh, locally uh, in her work of connecting to the earth and being curious about it and taking yeah. good care of it. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. That's totally yeah. yeah, I I love all that. So many influences to lead you where you are and they've done a wonderful job because all of the programs you offer are just so impactful. <laughs> Thank you, friend. You're I, welcome. It's great to hear that. <laughs>
you know, <laughs> you are an entrepreneur, a woman with many gifts, putting yourself out there in beautiful ways. And um, so I know you know what it's like to get that affirmation from someone who's outside yes. of you. Yes. <laughs> it See, feels it reflected. Feels nice. Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. So <clears throat> I guess the last thing I would want to touch on, unless there's anything else, but I always like to ask um, people I have on the show because I think it's so important is just staying balanced in your own life. I think that's what allows us to truly be of the best service to the people around us. And it, it allows us to keep ourselves full and feeling good so that we can let those gifts come through. So what are some of the ways that you like to stay balanced in your own life? Mm, well, mindfulness, meditation, absolutely key. I wake up every day at 5.30 a.m. and I light a candle and I'm seated and practicing and just allowing intuition to do its work or my racing mind to run, whatever it is, but I have yeah. that committed time. Um, so absolutely that. But also, um, you know, just segueing off our, our talking a second ago, uh, being outdoors, like being mm. connected to yes. this land that I get to live on. Um, and as we're working through, you know, year of earth guidance and following season and rhythm and, and moon cycle and all of those things, realizing that balance shifts, right? Balance mm. has movement. Balance has rhythm. Yes. Um, so there's a lot of permission given in that, right? Like I'm having a bad day. I'm having a bad day. I don't need yeah. to go fix it. I don't need yeah. to go like make myself feel bad about this. That's the cycle I'm in. That's the rhythm I'm in. Yes. I'll make sure I don't like ruin anybody else's day, right? That's something I can do. <laughs> but just but, honoring um, it. Yeah. 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 So um, my balance comes, I think for a long time, I thought balance meant be good all the time, mm -hmm. you know, be that, be that outward facing good all the time, yeah. right? That's what balance is for a woman in the West. But it's really like that ebbing and flowing and moving with the moment um, and, and the emotions and, and all the things that you can feel in a moment or a day or a week or whatever yeah. it is. So meditation, playing with my family, <laughs> being outdoors, watching things grow in my yard. Like these are all the ways that I feel grounded and yeah. And, and balanced, if that's the word we should use. Yes, I know. It's so true. It's like some days you're like normal routine. You're just like, for whatever reason, your intuition's like, that doesn't feel right today. And so like yeah. you mentioned, like honoring that and being at peace with maybe today's going to look a little bit different, but maybe it's the seasons around us. Maybe it's, you know, whatever your workload has shifted in your life because you're doing something different now than you used to or whatever it may be and just going with the flow. <laughs> yeah. I also want to add gummy bears. Gummy bears mm. <laughs> bears help me a lot. They're like my little stress tool if I'm feeling Aww. that way. Um, <laughs> and crafting. Yeah. I feel like you've, you've gotten so much into crafting and... Yeah, making. Like, who knew this was in me? But some again, it's just like these things that bubble up when you mm. explore who you are, right? When yeah. you allow yourself to think 
but there might be more to me, right? Yes. Yeah. And so yeah, some some making and creating and expressing in that way for sure. Yeah. I love I love that being open to like what comes through rather than just putting yourself in this box of like this is who I am. It's like yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I felt that way for a long time. Maybe you can relate. Maybe uh, your listeners can relate. It's like, I'm going to go to college and get this degree and do this thing. And I realized, whoa, I, um, I don't know if there's one thing I can do for the rest of my life. Yeah. <laughs> like, uh, and I'm really leaning into stepping into this idea that I'm just going to live the biggest story I can possibly mm-hmm. live. I'm going to live the biggest story I can possibly live mindfully, right? Doing it in a way that is respectful and honoring to the people I care about and my community and the land that I get to be on. Yeah. Um, and hope that it all ends well, you know? <laughs> yeah. I think that's such a good important or an important point to bring because I've actually been noticing that a lot in my circle of people that I'm around that people are struggling and kind of like admitting publicly that you know the things that they used to enjoy doing now they're not and they feel like they're having to force themselves to do Mm -hmm. them because it's like like what I said this is who I am but when you kind of just like follow your intuition or your soul or whatever you call it and allow yourself to go where you feel curious it's it's usually a good thing um you know like you Mm -hmm. said doing so mindfully and honoring like your purpose or what you what matters most to you I guess Mm -hmm. um specifically in fitness I'm seeing this and it's like it's okay if you don't fit that exact box that you used to like right people want to see who you are and see what makes you happy and if it's not what it used to be that's okay (laughs) yeah right it it just doesn't fit anymore and there's something else out there that will fit yeah totally yeah yeah Perfect. Well, what is, uh, now that we're talking about, you know, what, what does, what makes you feel balanced? What have you created? Where do you see Amber going next? So maybe programs you're offering or how you see Mindful School of Yoga kind of changing for maybe listeners who are interested in your, in your offerings or the yoga teacher training? Yeah. Well, for, for Mindful School of Yoga, we're going to remain trauma-informed, mindfulness-based, um, really, you know, doing our best. Again, Carrie and, my, Carrie and I are, are white women, um, and so we, we also want to be um, very actively involved in anti-racism work and advocacy and making sure that the world of wellness is inclusive and represented. Yeah. Um, so we want, we're, we're not going to stop doing any of that. That's kind of where we're sticking, um, with the, the, the school. Okay. Um, the, my, my work in, you know, nature-based awakening and, and, and women's empowerment, um, that's, you know, relatively new just in the last two years. Um, mm. so, I, I don't necessarily have a vision for that yet. I know that um, this Spirit of the Wild program feels like mm, something's growing there. Like maybe that can become more than just a three-month experience. But, you know, I have to get through it a couple times to see what, what it wants to evolve into. Um, yeah. 
So I really want to see where uh, these these women empowered, uh, earth aware um, opportunities lead me. So um, more more to come. Uh, yeah, <laughs> and I, it might not be the answer you want to hear, but I've really never. Um, known what's next. So, you know, remaining open to what could be next is really what has served me best. So I'm going to keep doing that. (laughs) Yeah, no, do what works for you. And I, I love that because I, I love seeing how different people, some people really try and like plan out far and like visualize and that works for them, but that is very much your approach. And if it works well, then why change it up? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Is there anything else you would like to share with listeners? Maybe little bits of wisdoms or books you would recommend or mm. anything? Well, yeah, books, Active Hope by Joanna Macy, um, If Women Rose Rooted by Sharon Blackie, anything ever written by the poet Mary Oliver. <laughs> mm. um, I would, I so I, I have been for the last year involved in an eco-based seminary program, um, and that is called Seminary of the Wild. I would encourage anyone who might be curious just to look into what that might be more of or what it might hold for you. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I, I want to take this time to thank Carrie, my co-facilitator in um, Mindful School of Yoga. Couldn't have done it over the last six years without her. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah i i think i think that's that (laughs) okay that's awesome um i will be sure to link all the like books and individuals you recognize so that people can you know go back and easily find them in the show notes as resources and i want to thank you again for making the time it was an honor to dive deeper into your current story and we look forward to seeing where you go from here Ah, thank you again. I'm just so grateful, grateful that you asked and have welcomed me into this space. I also want to thank my husband and my kids for always supporting my wild ideas and telling me to go with it and see what happens. Um, And if I can leave you and your listeners with one piece of homework, if you don't already know, I would like you to find out who the indigenous peoples of the lands where you live now who those indigenous first peoples are and um, learn a bit more about them wherever it is you might be listening from. Mm, Connecting with the land you live on. (laughs) That's right. And the people who had it originally and and knew how to do it right. And now we're all trying to catch up. So absolutely. Let's hope we can. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. Very good assignment. Well, thank you again, Amber. It was great talking with you. Thank you, Courtney, my friend. Thank you for tuning in to the Pursuit of Authenticity podcast. Our goal with this show is to help you understand how to build embodied strength, trust, and confidence around movement and nutrition so you can get past perfectionism, living in extremes, low self-esteem, and start living the sustainable, balanced, and empowered life you know you deserve. If you're currently struggling and looking to transform how you feel in your body, This is your calling to apply for coaching. Head over to our website and get started. And while you're there, sign up for our email list. You'll get a free download of our one-month program called Intro to Strength and Wellness. 
And if you enjoyed the show today, be sure to subscribe so you can be notified of future episodes. By following along, you will begin your journey to the pursuit of authenticity, also known as life. The life of creating ourselves to be exactly who we are supposed to be. Thank you again for your support and see you next time.